Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. The first thing it says in here is sign of the times. UT versus Bama. Sign of the times. Come on. God loves orange. We have, we, we, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, it, what a, what a great weekend in, in Tennessee. And, um, I was at a, I was at a, a party and, uh, there was a lot of different people there and a couple guys that weren't very expressive whatsoever through the whole game. Just not, no expression at all. No, no, nothing. Just that, you know, just reserved. And I was okay. And then, and then we kicked that field goal and I, and I'm just, I'm just standing in the room just with my hands like this. I wasn't even, I wasn't doing it. I did a field goal sign like that for a minute, but then I just was hands in the air just like and, and the guy comes walking in from the little patio outside and he comes walking by me and he, he wouldn't high five me or nothing the whole game. I'm high five people the whole game screaming and he, he walks by and I got my hands in the air like that. And he, and he thinks it's like an international sign for high five, I guess. And he walks by me and goes, I don't usually do it, but I will. <laughs> and I mean, I was like, <laughs> let's go. I mean, it's just so funny. He's like, I don't usually do it. But I will. Like I, I think God's looking for some of us like that in church. I don't usually put my hands up, but Jesus won the greatest battle ever. I'll actually, I actually will today. Man, what a, what a, what a day! We are, we are in a series called God of Miracles, and um, I did wear this. And somebody, somebody might say, is that necessary? It's super necessary. It's super necessary. And um, so I, I love this shirt. I actually wore it last night. At least I was at your house, so don't judge me. I wore this last night. I put a little extra cologne on it. And uh, I'm getting real, real in here today. I'm being honest. This is my only, the only cool ball shirt I really think I can preach in. And so I, I'll put it on today. Come on. I'm, I'm just basking in it for a few days. In Jesus' name. I showered. Don't worry about that. We, we are going to be in 2 Kings 4. Um, and we're looking at just miracles. We looked at the God of miracles last week, starting this season of miracles. I'm going to be preaching on miracles the rest of the year. So, so I, I just want you to get ready and get used to it. Be believing for it, be expanding your heart for it. And, um, I believe God wants to continue to show up supernatural. Uh, I pray that God would forgive us for not expecting the supernatural. I pray God would, would, um, would just be gracious to us for not, for, for think, for being surprised when miracles happen. We should, we shouldn't be surprised when cancer is healed, when dead people are raised, when blind eyes see, when hearts are restored, when children come back to God, when families are put together, that, that we should not be surprised. Like, like God, we don't want to be uh, surprised by it. And so um, that's who he is. In 2 Kings 4, 8 through 7, um, it's a story that gives us a picture of really uh, of the prophet Elisha, who has a double portion anointing of God's presence on him, which symbolizes the power of God and the presence of God. And so Elisha is a great prophet and he's going through this town and there's a, a woman that's a, a, a notable woman or a wealthy woman and her family uh, lives in this town and Elisha's passing by. We're going to pick up in verse eight. It says this, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by 
he would turn in there and eat some food. So she persuaded him. There was some persuasion. There was some something that she had to talk him into. There was something that as the prophet of God, as the presence of God, as the power of God went by, she persuaded him as he passed by. As often as he passed by, it was a normal thing for him to pass by her house. She persuaded him and he would turn in there and he would eat. Verse nine. And she said to her husband, look, now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Who passes by here often. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed in here in for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there, spend the night, verse 11. And it happened one day that he came there and turned into the upper room and lay down there. Uh, title for today is make room for a miracle. Make room for a miracle. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, just giving us the resources that it takes to make room. For giving us the passion, the desperation, the persuasion. Giving us the energy, the desire, the faith, the, the hunger to make room for you and your presence today. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Uh, Second Kings gives us this, this simple picture. It's really a very simple story, but it really shows us that there's something that we can do. There's a, there's a, way, a lady that ha, begins to persuade this prophet and begins to respond to the prophet. The prophet is passing by. The presence of God is passing by her house. The, the, the anointing is passing by. The Holy Spirit is passing by. And there's some response that she has. And what it's showing you and I, this story, I'm going to give you some other verses in the New Testament. Um, it's showing us that our response is so important. That, that the preaching is great, that the word of God coming forward is great, that the worship songs are great, that all that can be in this environment. But if we don't respond in a certain way, if there's no response to God, if there's no, if there's no engagement, no persuasion or communication with God, stuff can actually pass by. The prophet Elijah is the anointing and the power and the presence of God. And she says, let us make room for this man that's passing by every day. He's passing by regularly. He, he represents the presence. Holy Spirit, hear me, is constantly passing by you. Yeah. The Bible says that he lives in you and he walks amongst you. Yeah. Holy Spirit's in this room and we're worshiping and we're singing and prayer team is down here and communion's over there and, and there's an altar that's open and there's the word and the Holy Spirit is moving and, and, and passing by us continually. And, and, and I think that the story and the scripture show us that, that literally that he's passing, but it's dependent upon our response. Like she says, I want to build a room. I want to put a lamp in it. And the minute she used her resources and her energy and her family, he turned in there and stayed. The Bible goes on to tell us that there was a miracle that she couldn't get pregnant. And then, and then all of a sudden, after she built this room, after she made room for God, she made space for this man. Gehazi, the picture of the Holy Spirit, turns to her and says, what do you want? And she says, we can't have a child. We're older in years. And so Elisha tells Gehazi, at this time next year, she'll have a child. And she, she kind of freaks out. She doesn't believe it. She says, don't lie to your servant. But there's this, this picture of, of the preaching and the power. But she literally had this, this heart to make room. She responded. There's a response. Have you ever had a non-responsive server? Uh, come on, have you ever had a, a non-responsive spouse? <laughs> now nah, I take it to home. <laughs> don't look, don't look, don't look. 
Every non-responsive child, a non-responsive boss, a non-responsive uh, co-worker. I mean, there's frustration. There, there's, there's a little bit of, you know, just the, I mean, imagine God with his kids. If we get that way with a server at a restaurant, what, how does God feel when his kids are non-responsive? I mean, how, how, I mean, there's just something. Jesus, I'm going to give you verses. Jesus, Luke, let's take it to Jesus. You're like, yeah, that's Old Testament. Jesus, uh, Luke 18, 37. Jesus is passing by. Verse 35. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Luke 19, 1, Jesus is passing through. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Mark 6, 47 through 48. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. Jesus is on the land. His disciples, he saw them straining and rowing for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch. Come on, some of y'all have been straining and rowing and the wind's against you and you're toiling. You're trying to figure it out. Jesus sees them and it says about the fourth hour, the watch of the night. He Listen to this. It's so critical. He came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. That, that little statement, like, like he sees the storm, he sees the disciples, he sees them rowing, and it says he walks out on what they're warring with, he walks out on what they're battling with, the battle brings him to their boat, he gets there, and he would have walked by them, but they begin to cry out, they begin to shout, they begin to get desperate, they begin to call on the name of God. He's passing by. He's passing through. He's walking by. The prophet is going by the house continually. Holy Spirit seems that he could pass by us and us not get the benefit of it. it, it it's, I mean, I'm just going from the scriptures. And so for me, I want to make sure as a church, myself, my life, my family, that I'm doing everything I can do to make room for the presence and the miracles of God in my life. Cause I want to get the benefit of him passing by today. I'm telling you, some of y'all in this room and you've been believing and, and, and been toiling and today God could pass by and some things could be different by the way you respond. What, what does God respond to? I wrote it this way. God responds to desperation and desire. He, he responds to desperation. He responds to desire. Several years ago, I was taking my son to his first day of work at Chick-fil-A. He couldn't drive yet. And my son's a lot like my wife. They like to be on time. <laughs> Me, time is relative. I walk in the eternal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I pray like Joshua, sun stands still, universe stop. No, I'm just kidding. That's uh, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I like to be on time as well, but not as, as good as my, my wife and my, and my son. My, so my son, I'm taking him to Chick-fil-A and we have plenty of time. I mean, I figure I've got margin and my wife's still on. You got time. You get it. It's the first day of work. Good impression. First day, everything that's going. I'm like, yeah, I got it. And we're going Pellissippi and he gets off to go to work at Chick-fil-A on North Shore. I somehow get distracted and we pass the North Shore exit. Come on. And you know, if you're on Pellissippi, you, you can't turn around. You're not. I mean, my son freaks out. He's like, dad, ah, I'm like, ah, I know. And he just starts just, just getting really upset. My, now he's calling my wife. I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I'm like, don't you dare call her from that front seat. This is my car, son. And, I, and, I, and so the more urgent he gets, I'm trying to figure out a turnaround. I'm trying to figure out how to break the law. I'm doing everything I can do. 
because I want my, listen to me, God gets urgent. When you get desperate and you get urgent, I did that for my son. When you get urgent about your reputation and your life and your, what you, God turns in and says, man, let me circle this thing back around and get urgent on your behalf. I'm a, I'm a natural father. How much more does our heavenly father do that and actually stand still? What makes God stand still? Desperation. Desperation. People, people don't understand why we clap and why we shout and why we, why we sing like we do and what, well, what type of worship is this? Or maybe you've never been used to this type of environment, but you're, you can be rowdy at a football party, but when you come to church, you're just expect, listen, and, and some of it's just culture. Some of it is just like, we expect like with God, it's, mm, and just, it's just, and, and I'm not making fun of any churches or any other places of those environments. And that's great. There's all different expressions, but, but, but the biblical expression is what's the most important. And so when you look through the scriptures, the, the clapping and the shouting and the dancing and the leaping and the responding is all Bible. It's Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not just for contemporary. It's not just to play church. God responds, I think, when we get humble and we get desperate and we take the mask off and we quit faking it and we let everybody know we had the same shirt on for two days. There's just, we don't want to play church. Like we don't come in here. Like I'm desperate. You got, there's some desperate things I'm sure you need in your life. And, 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 and there's a response and I don't want to fake it. I think desperation stops God in his tracks. Somebody can stop God in his tracks today. Somebody in this room as a response in your heart or in a, and maybe worship at the end or maybe a moment in prayer you can stop God by your house. You can stop God. Jesus can actually show up a desperation for your family, for your marriage, for your body, for your friend, for the lost neighbors that you, that you live amongst, for the coworkers, a desperation. Come on. I'm talking, like, I'm talking about like a, a, a Chick-fil-A on Sunday desperation. <laughs> y'all know what it's like. Y'all turn in and get angry at, at, at Chick-fil-A. Come on up. I'm, I'm, my kids with Uber Eats, man, if I grew up with Uber Eats, I'd have been, I'd have been dead. My, my kids like uh, at midnight, all of a sudden I get a doorbell ding dong. And I'm like, what in the world is that? They're like, oh, I had a, I was desperate for some Wendy's. I'm like, how much do you pay for that? $30. I'm like, you pay $30 for a $7 Wendy's meal. You desperate. I was like, I'll make you a burger. He's like, can you make it in a square? <laughs> That's what he said. This, I mean, the level of desperation that, that we that we have, like when you get desperate, I'm telling you, God shows up at your door. There, there's things that we'd be willing to do. This this lady, she gets desperate. She uses her resources. She says, God, I will build a room. I will build a room. I, I mean, you know what it, makes, it takes to build a room? Maybe like like I'll tear some stuff down that needs to be down to put to put an addition up. I'll use some of my own resources. I'll I'll make it an environment that's acceptable for this man to come and be a part of. Like I'll respond with everything that I have to build a place for God. Could we do that today? Acts 16, 25 and 26. We see Paul and Silas singing at midnight. They're in, a, they're in a sewer. Literally, they're, they're, they've been beaten, open wounds on their body, laying in sewage, chained to one another. They begin to worship. They begin to sing hymns, the Bible says. Have you ever been through so much pain, all you can do is hum? 
been through so much pain, you can't even talk about it, been through stuff, you can't even mention it. It's just like, I just got a hymn in me. I just got a hum. I just, I just have to sing. And the Bible says when they begin to get desperate in the middle of the most horrific, I wouldn't be singing in that situation. I'm gonna be honest, as your pastor, I would, be, I would not be singing. Anybody, beaten, open wounds, chained up, I'd be freaking out on everybody. And, and, and literally, these boys start singing. Total trust in the middle of desperation. And as they sing, it says, suddenly God shows up. Suddenly an earthquake hits. Suddenly chains begin to break. Can I just tell you, in a, in a total trust and desperate state, God shows up suddenly in your life. Suddenly your marriage can change today. Suddenly your perspective can change. Suddenly God can heal your body. Suddenly God can bring your kids back. Suddenly God can change your outlook and your finances. Suddenly God can give you hope again. There's just a suddenly door can open up. Suddenly God breaks in because there's this desperation, singing and worship. And I know I'm not going to beat y'all up. I, I love y'all. I want to shepherd you. Like when we sing and when we worship in here, like it's not just energy. It's not just songs that we do because we sing four songs and then we move on. And it's just what we do on Sunday. That's not just what we do on Sunday. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a desperate call for God. It's a desperate desire for Jesus to get involved in my life. And maybe you say my life's great. Well, your neighbors might not be. Your workplace might not be. Your family might not be. There's this desperation. Zacchaeus, he gets desperate. Zacchaeus gets desperate. Come on. He decides he's too short to see God. Do you know Romans says we've all fallen short of the glory of God? Do you know that we're all too short to see God? What does he do? He finds a tree. climbs a tree. He decides that the answer is not in me. The answer is in a tree. And he climbs this tree and the tree allows him to see Jesus. But more importantly, the tree allows Jesus to see him. And Jesus walks up on that tree and says, Zacchaeus, come on down from there. Today I'm going to your house. He climbs this tree. He's desperate for God. He wants to see Jesus and he climbs a tree. Can I just, can I just say something to you? You, you can't climb a tree with poise. <laughs> you, you can't climb a tree with prestige. You, you, you can't, I mean, you're talking about, climbing. if I'm going to try to climb that pole right now, it's going to look goofy and, and y'all going to be like, man, what is he doing? I mean, you're going to be like koala on this tree, like trying to shimmy yourself up a tree. Here's Zacchaeus, a man of stature, a man of purpose, humbling himself enough to look like a child, to look foolish, and to look desperate, and to go, God, I'm going to climb a tree so I can see you. You can't climb a tree with all that pride. The answer's not in you. The answer's in the tree. You, You can't climb a tree in all of your own ability. You can't climb. I mean, he humbles himself and I don't know what kind of garments he's got to take off to climb a tree. Come on. He's got to probably get rid of some tax collector garments and some status and some, maybe some pharisaical garments and some of his pride and some of his, some of his ego and some of his reputation. That's what worship's about. Climbing a tree, making a decision. Like, I don't care what they think about me. I'm desperate. I'm going to climb a tree today. The, the answer is in the tree. Come on, there's a covenant in the tree. If I can get in the tree and Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to go home to your house today. Maybe depression doesn't have to go home with you today. Wow. 
Maybe anxiety doesn't have to go home with you today. Maybe addiction doesn't have to go home with you today. Maybe some things don't have to go home with you today. Maybe, just maybe Jesus could see some things and say, I'm coming to your house today. I'm changing your future. I'm changing your children. I'm changing your destiny. I'm changing your outlook. I'm changing your heart. I'm changing your family. I'm changing your kids, 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 family. Just maybe. There's desperation that stops Jesus. Man, I want to see Jesus. Jesus said, I'm getting down and I'm coming to your house today. There's a miracle. And I, I think we don't want God to pass by. I don't want him to pass by my house. I got a couple other thoughts for you today. And, and I just want to pray with you. Jesus is passing by a guy named Blind Bartimaeus. Y'all know that story? Yep. Blind Bart starts to shout and scream. He's passing through town. Jesus is. And it's not the ideal moment. You know, we think Jesus has like all of his bodyguards around him. You know, he doesn't. You know, he's walking with his guys, walking with people. He, blind Bartimaeus just starts to scream. Everybody's like, hey, quiet, quiet, hush, stop. And so, something about his shout, the religious people tried to get him to be more quiet. Can, can I tell you that if you, if you think I'm a little excessive <laughs> or our worship is a little extreme, come on, you need, sometimes, I'm gonna be honest, I, I told the prayer team today, there's sometimes several people will be in worship in here and I'm a, I'm a shouter, clapper, you know, but there's sometimes a couple people behind, you know, around the area will be like, they'll give a, 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 you know, like a desperate shout. Like I'll start hearing it during worship and, and, and my religious pharisaical mind goes, oh, man, that's a little much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, and, I, and every time I'm like, oh, are they draw attention to themselves and they're going to distract the environment. What are new guests going to think? Is that a little much? I mean, they're shouting for a long time. Now that's a little <laughs> bit loud. And I'm a shouter. And the Holy Spirit every time rebukes me and reminds me of blind Bartimaeus. Every time he's like, hey, don't judge someone's shout. They're one shot away from a miracle. You're one shot away from a miracle. You're one shot away. I, listen, you don't know. I say, you don't know what someone's been through. We can't judge their shout. I, that's, that's what the religious people do. They judge the shout. They judge the loud. They judge the clapping. But no, Jesus stops in his tracks when this man begins to shout. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts about the desperation of blind Bartimaeus. Number one, don't wait for perfect circumstances. It's not a good circumstance that he's in. He's, he, he, Jesus is passing by. He's not even staying in town. Jesus is c continuing to walk. He could have easily said, you know what, tomorrow, you know what, I'll, I'll wait. You know what, it, it's fine. It, it'll, I'm just, there's never going to be a perfect circumstance. So many people miss the miracle because they waste the moment. Wow. Today could be your moment. It might, it might, I don't know what it's going to take for you today or for me today, but today could be the moment that you actually decide, I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to wait for tomorrow. I'm not going to wait for perfect circumstances. You know, there's an Irish beer pub that says free beer tomorrow over the door. They've never given away one free beer ever. <laughs> Some of y'all get that in a minute. It's never tomorrow. It's only now. It's only today is the day of salvation. God's passing by today. God wants to change some things today. God wants to remove some habits today. God wants to replace some things with his promise and presence today. And, and, and I think we got to quit waiting till I clean my life up until I'm better until, until I, you know, until, you know, God does this and then I'll do that. No, 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 no. Today is my moment. Bart decides I am not going to wait another day. I, I'm tired living in this situation. Number two, you got to make some noise. We're, we're, we're a loud talk back church. 
And, and we're that way, not just because it's our personality, because it also is very, very biblical. You got to make some noise. It says that he began to cry out all the louder. They tried to silence him. They tried to shut him up and he began to cry out louder and louder. You got to make some noise. My kids growing up, I had to train them because every situation that they felt was an emergency, they screamed like they had chopped a hand off or they'd chopped a leg off. I thought everything, you know, I'd come running. I would kick doors down, throw kids out of the way. Somebody asked me what we were doing for Christmas today. This is a little ADD moment. They said, well, we'd having a Christmas play. I said, yeah, we're getting the kids out. I mean, like from the kids area. And they said, you're giving kids out. I was like, no, we're not giving kids out. We're getting the kids out of the, of the, of the, of the area. We're going to figure out what to, how to have them singing and all that. Anyway, sorry. I'm training my kids on, on, on how to respond. And, and, and I would be running and kicking kids out of the room and figure what's wrong. Everything. Okay. And they'd be like, we're out of fruity pebbles. I'm like, you're out of fruity pebbles. Like I thought you would cut your leg off. There, because dad comes running at urgency. Dad comes running at screams. Dad comes running at a shout. Dad moves heaven and earth to get involved in, my, in their situation. I had to train them. But listen, can I just tell you, your father still runs at your situation. He still runs at your heart. He still runs at your cry. You know, maybe, maybe he does run at Fruity Pebbles, but maybe save the miracle for something bigger. You know what I mean? I just, I just want to just write this down. Stay desperate and God will never stop running to you. Stay desperate. I'm desperate for a good marriage and I've been married 22 years. I'm desperate for, to, to be a better father. I'm desperate to be a dad that can continue to win the heart of my daughter and be honorable. I'm desperate to be a man free of addiction and free of patterns and habits. I'm desperate to be a man worthy to walk in the ministry God's called me. I'm desperate every day to have God's help and God's, God's ability. I'm desperate. And I, I just, I, I wrote this down. Satisfaction kills desperation. I just decided I'm not going to be sat, I'm not going to be satisfied that my neighbors are going to hell. I'm not going to be satisfied that, that maybe our church hasn't seen the supernatural. I'm not going to be satisfied that I haven't seen any miracles in, in, in a year. I'm not going to be satisfied that, uh, that, that my marriage is still mundane. I'm not going to be satisfied that I'm still dealing with this addiction. I'm not going to be satisfied that I can't get happy or joy. I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm going to get desperate. We look to so many things. Blind Bartimaeus makes some more noise and begins to shout out. Number three, they try to silence him. And this is so simple. And the, 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 the point is pithy and kind of rhymes, but it's important. Don't let people shush your shout. Don't let people quiet your shout. Bartimaeus, when they begin to tell him, be quiet, he, he says, I am not going to let people's opinions out influence God. And we're, we're, we're in a time when everything is trying to out influence God. And you have to make a bold decision. I pray today. I wrote it in my notes. Pray over everybody that you have a boldness. Young people, every generation, every age, there'd be a boldness over you, a boldness over your life. Not to be. A, why would Paul say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Because there's a temptation to be ashamed. There's a temptation to hide it. There's a temptation to cover the light. We're not a light that's covered. We're not, we're a city. Why does he say those things? Because there's a temptation in culture to hide it, to cover it, to fit in, to go with the flow. I'm not saying beat everybody up with the biggest Bible you got. I'm not saying that. 
the kindness of God brings people to repentance, but be bold. Don't compromise your, your scriptures and your convictions and who God is in your life. Be shout. You're an expert on your story. Shout about it. You're an expert on how God saved you and delivered you and healed you. Talk about it. People be like, man, that's extreme. I remember when I first got saved man, I was so, I, I cranked, I was, I lived in a, I worked in an antichrist environment. And I would sneak in there to the company radio and turn that thing to Caleb and crank it through the whole building. Oh, man, every, I knew it's coming. I, w- I knew I was going to wrestle demons every morning at about nine o'clock when the owners came in. They'd be like, ah. I'm like, Caleb. <laughs> I'm like, oh, did the, ra- did the radio station change? That was me. You know, I mean. I play golf and people all the time cuss the name of Jesus, cuss the name of God. Y'all have heard me say it. They'll, they'll be like, Jesus Christ. I'll be like, King of Kings. <laughs> I don't even know who they are. I don't know them. They'll be putting them like, GD, God darn it. You know, you can't damn God. It doesn't matter, but, but they like to try to. <laughs> GD. And I'll, I'll be like, Lord of Lords. He's, I'll just start shouting hallelujah. They're like, GD. I'm like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Right there on the putting green. They're like, look up. Like, what's going on? I'm like, my guy deserves airtime just like your guy. <laughs> I'm going to shout and put him out in the atmosphere just like you. I, I just don't let people shush the shout that you have inside of you. I pray for boldness over you. And then, and then number four, I got a few minutes left with you. Desperation requires action. Like just, just being desperate, like what kind of action? Maybe it's a shout. Maybe it's jumping up and down. Maybe it's getting up to this altar, not worrying about climbing the tree and what everybody thinks about you and what everybody's going to say because you came up here and got on your knees and you looked at, I've told uh, years ago, I was a youth pastor and I was, it was a tough time in my life. And the Holy Spirit told me, go to the altar and get on your knees. And I'm like, I'm the youth pastor. They're all going to think I'm a pervert or something, or I need, I need freedom, or they're going to think I'm in some kind of sin. And God's like, shut up and go to the altar. We always, we always worry about what everybody thinks and what everybody's judging us about and what everybody, what everybody, who cares about all that stuff? Like desperation requires action. Like, like get on a team. Become part of the family. Put some action to it. Like, like begin to figure out your resources, how to build a room and how to be a vision partner and how to, how to get on, how to worship, how to engage, how to respond our response is more important. Is this okay? Can I just? I, our response, your response is more important about how I preach. Your response is more important than actually literally the word that goes out. The word won't return void, but it has to be planted. It has to be taken in. It has to be rooted. And so I think blind Bartimaeus, it's the biggest faith response we ever see in the Bible. Jesus is coming by. He's blind. He can't see. He's got something on that they call a beggar's cloak. He's wearing a cloak and the cloak literally is his right to beg. The cloak is government issued. It was uh, uh, you would get a permit for it. You couldn't just sit on the side of the road and beg. And literally it says that he had his beggar's cloak. He was confined to the corner of begging blind. We don't know how he got out there. He's been nicknamed by his condition, blind Bartimaeus. It's actually on him. It's part of his name now. He can't get rid of it. I'm sure he doesn't like that. And the Holy Spirit, for some reason, lets us know that he's been identified by his condition, blind Bartimaeus. And so he's sitting there. Jesus is passing by. He screams. Everybody tries to quiet him. He screams louder. Jesus walks up on him. The Bible says he throws aside his cloak. 
before he ever talks to Jesus. He, he throws aside his legal right to beg. He throws aside his ability to live below blessing. He throws aside his excuse. And, and listen to me, his legal right. Come on. And we all have legal rights to beg. We've all been abused. We've all been hurt. We've all suffered at the hands of humanity. We've all faced grievous circumstances. We've all had some circumstance. We've all wished that we could have been there when we were here. We all have a cloak. We all have a legal right. We all have covered up certain areas in a cloak that gives us the right to actually continue to be confined to a place of begging or lower than blessing. He has no sight and he prophetically throws off his cloak, not even knowing if Jesus is going to heal him. And I just want to encourage some of you today. Could you just decide, I'm going to throw off the abuse. I'm going to throw off the anger. I'm going to throw off what happened in the past. I'm going to throw off the things that I've gone through to actually believe God could do something. I'm going to step out and I'm going to have an action with my faith. I'm going to throw some stuff off. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Really, what the Holy Spirit told me he was saying is, aren't you tired of begging everybody else for something? Aren't you tired of begging those drugs to make you feel better? Aren't you tired of begging those females or males to make you feel accepted? Aren't you tired of letting sex be your identity? Aren't you tired of begging for, for acceptance or approval from maybe a family member or a father or mother that just doesn't have it to give? Aren't you tired of putting that cloak? Aren't you tired of begging? Jesus doesn't say, what do you want your mom to do for you? What do you want your dad? What do you want that woman? What do you want society to do? What do you want your job to do? What do you want success? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? I'm just tired of begging from anything that's not the source. I'm going to beg Jesus. I'm going to ask Jesus. And here's what's beautiful. I don't have to beg. You know, kids don't beg. They ask. And, and anytime my kids did beg, what did I do? Quit begging. And every time my kids would say, you okay, but daddy, you said. They got me. When they would remind me of my promise. They would obligate me to my word. God's not obligated to your situation. He's obligated to his word and your desperation. And, and so I just, maybe we can just remind God today. Like, daddy, you promised. Daddy, you promised healing. You promised miracles. You promised signs and wonders. You promised if I got desperate, you'd stop in your tracks. You promised I could throw off this cloak and that you'd heal me. You promised God. Jesus sees his disciples in that boat in the middle of the storm. They're rowing. It says that he's on the shore and they're out in the storm. You might not see Jesus in your storm right now, but he sees you. You might, you might not think he's anywhere, but there's no, no storm too big that God can't see. God sees you. It says that Jesus comes walking out on the water. He comes walking out on what they're worrying about. He comes walking out on what they're warring with. Jesus comes walking out on what you're battling right now. Literally, literally your battle brings him to your boat. Jesus walks out into what you're fighting. You are, you are rowing. I don't know what it is you're fighting against. I don't know what you're toiling with. Come on, I got my own toils. But you are rowing and, you are, and Jesus walks out and he would have passed by, but they cry out and it says that the minute they cry out, the wind ceases. Literally stops existing. 
I just believe that today some winds and some toil could cease in your life. That that we're going to make room that I don't want to pass by. I don't want him to drive by. I want him to hear my voice. I want him to hear my cry. Come on, would you stand to your feet with me? I I just think that we could make a little room just for a second. Come on, listen to me. Uh, Let's just begin to remind God of some praises and promises. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. I I just ask you to get a praise in your mouth. Would you just get a little bit of a desperate praise in your mouth for a second? Come on, this worship team's going to play in a little bit. Father, we just praise you. Come on, let's just shout a little bit to God. Come on, is there any shout in this church? Is there any belief in this place, God? We're desperate for you, Lord. I'm not going home the same, oh God. I'm going to climb the tree of Calvary. I believe if you see me, God, because I'm in your tree, there's a covenant with the tree of Calvary. Lord, you're going home to my house today. You're doing a miracle in our lives today. You'll build your church today. You'll build your families today. You promised, oh God. We remind you, God. We're desperate for you, God. Come on. If you need Jesus in this place, heads bowed and eyes closed just for a minute. God, there's a shout in my heart for you. There's a, there's a place to make room for you today, God. You, we, we ask you, don't just pass by. I thank you that you have a covenant with Calvary. You have a covenant with that tree. And Lord, if we get into that tree today, you promise to see us. That literally you said that you would see us in the covenant of Christ. Maybe you're here today. No one looked around, heads bowed just for a second. You say, you know what? I need Jesus. I'm desperate for God. I'm desperate for him to come to my house to make a difference in my life, to to heal my heart. I need Jesus. You know that you are away from God. You know that you need that cross. You know that Jesus went to a tree, paid the price. He climbed the tree, literally, so we don't have to. He climbed up, took our punishment, took our pain, took our regret, took all our shame, took our guilt. Come on, we all were too short to see God. And he decided to climb up that tree so we could have a relationship with God. Maybe you're in this room today or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with God. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you come forward or anything like that. But in a second, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up to me. If you're online, I'm just going to ask you to type in, I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says this simply, if you would just give your life to Jesus, don't wait for tomorrow. If you just say, you know what, God, I'm desperate for you. And you just say yes to Jesus as your Lord and as your leader. And you believe he's God and he rose from the dead. God will forgive you of your sins, all of them, past, present, and future, and give you a brand new heart and make you part of his family. If that's you, if you need a fresh start with God, no one look around, put your hand up to me right now, pastor. I need a fresh start with God. Come on. God bless you, sir. I need a fresh start. Anybody else put it up boldly. I need a fresh start. Today's the day. If you're online, would you type in fresh start? Thank you for your boldness. You just need God to pass by your house. You've been toiling. You've been, you've been rowing against some things you can't row against. And there's just a desperation. You say, Jesus, I need you to come to my house. Would that be anybody? Put your hand up to me today. I just need Jesus to do some things in my house. Come on, hands across this room. Would you just pray a simple prayer with me? We're going to rededicate our lives to God, or we're going to surrender for the first time. If you're watching online, you can pray this right there in your home, right there from where you're watching from. Father, thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for stopping in your tracks for us. Thank you for stopping all eternity when you went to that cross. Thank you for stopping hell, death, and the grave on that tree. For paying the price for our sins and conquering death and conquering Satan and every evil force that he employs. Lord, we believe that you took our shame, our guilt, all of our fear, all of that, 
put it on that tree. All of our sins, we repent, we turn from that life and we turn to you today. We believe the answer is in the tree. And we thank you that you rose from the dead. You didn't stop just on the tree. You rose from the dead on the third day. You came out of the grave. You had a a brand new life. Lord, you were filled with the spirit, came out of the grave and you now give us a brand new heart. Lord, remove the heart of stone from us and fill us with a heart of flesh. A heart that can be in your family and know you. Thank you for filling us with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for doing miracles so great. In Jesus' matchless name, everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.